Fear-mongering and exaggeration serve no one. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am the aforementioned Phil Elmore, your host. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. Recently, I was uh, surfing through TikTok, something that I know I shouldn't do because, let's face it, TikTok is a Chinese psyop designed to steal our data while corrupting our youth, and yet I still find myself looking through the app, even though I had an almost viral TikTok channel that just immediately disappeared overnight. I'm pretty sure because I did a video about the Trump Buddha figurine that I keep on my desk. I think... I think that was the last straw for some reason. Um, obviously, the, tic- the uh, Chinese have a vested interest in keeping conservatives from succeeding on TikTok because the success of Democrats furthers their goals. It's one of the reasons that I believe it was one of the Democrats who was involved in the illegal Chinese secret police station in New York City has also been pictured with Charles Schumer and various other Democrats at Democrat fundraisers. Um, Still, there's no need, as the as the eBay chime sounds from my phone, there is no need to turn this unnecessarily political. Uh, my point simply being that uh, on TikTok, I was a scrolling. And while I was scrolling, I found a, an EDC channel called Crispy Things. And uh, the EDC channel had some interesting videos. I'm generally a fan of uh, everyday carry type channels. They don't hurt anyone. They show you gear. It's always useful to see videos of gear that someone is handling so you can get a feel for what's going on with that thing. What are its features? What is its actual size? Sometimes it's very hard to assess these things when you're looking at pictures in internet listings and you're thinking of buying. So I already have a reason to be in favor of everyday carry channels. And uh, Crispy Things, we'll call him Mr. Crispy. Mr. Crispy uh, was showing in one of his most recent videos a copy of the Microtech, I don't know how to pronounce this, the JAG Commando. It's spelled like JAG D Commando. JAG D Commando. I don't know, something like that. German is lots of different words just squished together. So maybe this was an attempt to evoke that. But anyway, he had an M48 Cyclone, which is apparently a cheaper copy of that same stupid knife. It's always been a stupid knife. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, it's essentially a triangular stabbing weapon, but the three-tined triangular blade has also been twisted like the handle of some... Uh, railroad spike knives will often be twisted for effect and for traction. So you've got this twisted uh, three-bladed triangular and cross-section blade that is supposed to be the most fearsome stabbing implement ever invented by man. It It isn't. And spoiler alert, I'm going to get into this a little bit later. It's a dumb knife. But a lot of people who don't know what they're talking about think that it's scary. So you'll see people who are completely and utterly ignorant of knives, and there's no shortage of people who don't understand knives or force with knives or self-defense involving knives. It's not a topic that a lot of people are knowledgeable about. There's a a relatively tight-knit community online that is knowledgeable of these things, and then there's a whole lot of people who think they're knowledgeable of these things but aren't. 
And then there's everybody else who are just completely ignorant of the topic. So I'm not sure where Mr. Crispy falls in those circles. He's somewhere, I think, in the middle Venn diagram of, of people who think they know what they're talking about but don't. And I think his defensive response to my very gentle inquiry about the topic probably tells us something about that. So, so Mr. Crispy, he, he posts a TikTok video about the M48 Cyclone, and in it he says, this is not a, uh, I'm, I'm probably paraphrasing a little bit, I wrote this down as notes because I did not want to include a clip of his video in my video to prevent any copyright claims. The M48 Cyclone has zero utilitarian purposes. This was made specifically for combat. It has an 8-inch tri-edge spiraling dagger. Uh, the tail is a skull crusher pommel. He, he closes his video, you know, where, where, for one thing, no, this thing was not made for combat. There isn't a combat group in the world. There are no soldiers currently carrying this. This is not a combat knife. It is a fantasy knife. Um, but he closed his video by saying... I, for one, would not want to be on the receiving end of the M48 Cyclone. This thing is just nasty, and usually I'm against making any bladed weapon illegal to carry, but this one I'm not so sure. What do you guys think? Now, that's a very obvious attempt to get engagement on the video, so I don't begrudge him the what do you guys think, but already, when you have an EDC channel that is talking about banning anything, they're already telling you something about themselves, which is that they're not really a friend to the EDC community. Real everyday carry people don't run around asking for things to be banned because enough things are banned already. It's just incredibly common that things we like that we would like to carry are you either can't buy them or you can't get them shipped to your state or you can't carry them without getting in trouble if you get caught. And there's lots of levels of gray area when it comes to everyday carry. But so Right off the bat, this video I found off-putting. So I did something I almost never do, which is I found an email. I, I followed the link on his TikTok channel over to his YouTube channel, which had a link to his email, and I sent him an email. And the email that I sent him read simply this. Uh, I understand the need to drive clickbait traffic, but claiming that dumb triangular knife is the most illegal knife ever, or however you said it, is fundamentally dishonest. I'm not aware of any place that knife would be illegal that a conventional dagger would not be. That's, that phrase is key. What I'm saying is it may well be illegal, but it's not more illegal than any other illegal thing. It's not a more illegal knife. I think he fundamentally misunderstood that based on his replies. I wrote, uh, what that knife is, however, is almost useless. It would be bad at literally everything, including stabbing someone. Just needed to complain. Thanks for listening. So, you know, that was me trying to be relatively pleasant about it. He wrote back, Where is it illegal? Here in New York, that's where. Now... All right, so he's just told me he's in New York. So hello, fellow New Yorker. Um, which was interesting to me because he shows all kinds of things on his other videos, including this video where he had like a knuckle OTF knife and a gravity knife. These things are explicitly illegal in the New York Penal Code. You cannot own a gravity knife per New York state law. And yet, there it was. So I'm not sure if what you're doing is entirely something you should be doing, sir, but okay. Um, you know, the chances that anyone's going to knock on his door anytime soon are low, which is good. But still, my policy is like, I wouldn't, you know, I don't own anything that's illegal. And if I did, I wouldn't show it on camera. Like, it just seems like good sense to me, but whatever. So uh, 
He writes at the, at the end of his email, This email is for business inquiries only, not venting or complaining. Thanks. So I'm like, oh, really? You're going to big time me because I brought up something that made you uncomfortable? Now, <clears throat> the fact that he responded by claiming that he seems to be reacting to the notion that I'm saying the knife's not illegal. That's not what I said. I was pointing out that his hyperbole was unwelcome. And this is the topic of this podcast. I am against mythologizing and hyperbole when it comes to weaponry, because I think that serves no one. That type of fear-mongering, that type of exaggeration just makes everything worse for everyone. Um, I think if you're going to deal with weapons, you should do so realistically. So I wrote back, trying to clarify, there's nothing in the New York Penal Code that makes that knife more or less illegal than any other double-edged fixed blade. And uh, he still didn't get it. He writes back to me, Wrong. It's over four inches and daggers are illegal to carry. Here. Now, first of all, he's doing a thing where he's equating New York City law with the rest of the state. There is a length limit in New York City. There is no such length limit in New York State as a whole, or at least there wasn't when last I looked at the penal code. So unless that's changed, he's doing this thing that many New York City people will do, and that's conflating New York City law with New York law. But here's the thing. Then he writes, You get no more of my time. Your email is blocked. I think you're late for bingo anyways. I'm not even sure what that means. I don't, I don't know what that is. Maybe that's a crack about me being old or something. Which, it's always curious to me when someone uses old as an insult because that's kind of the goal of all people who are interested in self-defense and preparedness is to keep themselves alive long enough to become old. As the saying goes, you know, yes, I may be old, but it beats the alternative. So, so I wrote back to him from a different email. There is no length law in New York State. You are applying New York City rules to the state as a whole and also completely missing the point. The knife is just as illegal as a more conventional and much more useful dagger would be, making your hyperbole about the most illegal knife to carry as just that, an exaggeration. You aren't good at this. Learn to accept reasonably worded, calmly presented criticism. Uh, he did not write back, uh, probably because he wanted to make sure that I knew that he was not giving me any more of his precious time. Um, but the whole thing sort of inspired me to talk about uh, illegal knives and clickbait fear-mongering, the, the disservice that is done by exaggeration. And that, that disservice is when we mythologize about the very real and often confusing laws that govern carrying self-defense tools or utility tools, all we're doing is making it harder for everyone else to make a realistic judgment. So I want to cover five different facets of this because I, I, I frequently divide these into five points. It seems like a good way to get the, the idea across. So we'll, we'll talk about those five things. And the first one that I want to talk about is the hand thing. The hand thing refers to a pervasive myth that I've been confronted with for as long as I've been aware of blade carry in New York State. And that is the idea that the width of your hand has some bearing on the legality of your knife. I have heard many people, more than one, tell me that a police officer put a knife against the palm of his hand in order to judge whether or not he was going to confiscate it. Right away, if a police officer confiscates your knife and doesn't charge you with a crime, he's actually just stolen your knife. 
This is a thing that police officers here do. I have direct personal knowledge of this. If you don't know that you can ask for your knife back because it's not illegal, most people just count themselves lucky that they didn't get in trouble. What they don't realize is that as long as the knife wasn't illegal, um, he's just taking it from you. I knew one cop in particular had a whole shoebox full of knives he'd taken off of people. His rationale was, well, I don't want them to have it, so if they ask for it back, I have to give it, but most of them don't know to ask for it back. You know, and as long as it's, if it was an illegal knife, he'd be charging you with a crime. So the hand thing is this myth about length, and it's further confused by the fact that, as I said, here in New York, there is a four-inch limit on knives in New York City, the New York State Penal Code in general is extremely vague. It doesn't have a length limit. You would think, well, that's good, right? No, it's bad, actually, because you never know what's legal and what's not. The New York State Penal Code, the last I checked, had a phrase in there, this is illegal, that's illegal, ballistic knives are illegal, gravity knives are illegal, and it caps off with dot, 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 or any other dangerous knife. But dangerous is never defined. So some cops will take that to mean, well, if it's too big, if it's greater than my hand, and that's there's no basis for that in the law. It's all just personal mythology. Um, butterfly knives are not explicitly illegal unless you misinterpret them as gravity knives. Here in New York State, we had an attorney general. His name was Vaco, I believe. This was a couple of attorneys general ago. And he decided that butterfly knives were gravity knives, and therefore any stores selling butterfly knives, which you used to be able to buy over the counter in stores here, he said, well, no, you've got to eat your inventory. You can't sell those. Since then, over time, I've watched butterfly knives sort of gradually creep their way back into brick-and-mortar stores on those rare occasions that I even go into one. But I would say a butterfly knife is still in kind of a gray area. There is case law that muddies that even further. I want to say that there was a kid who got arrested for having an illegal knife because he was burglarizing a sausage factory. I'm not making that up. He was some, some animal rights nutter. Um, and they dropped the knife charge because they decided that the knife wasn't illegal. <clears throat> and I believe it was a butterfly knife. He was also charged with burglary tools. There's a crime here in New York State, the possession of burglary tools. So if you get uh, popped by a cop and you also have like a lockpick set on you and you were doing something already that you shouldn't have been, that is potentially a charge for possession of burglary tools. Um, there's case law that might make stun guns not illegal in all cases, but no one's really sure, and I'm not eager to become the test case for that. So our laws in New York are strict and confusing, but also very vague. So there is, here in upstate, uh, um, you know, I'd have to check the penal code again to be absolutely certain of this, but at least for most of the years I've lived here, there was no such thing as a length law here in the rest of the state. There is, however, in New York City. So when we try to make emphatic statements of this is illegal and that's not illegal because of the length of the knife you're already doing everyone a disservice if you're conflating one area with another in the case of the email exchange that inspired this podcast this is a giant knife it's way more than four inches so yes i wouldn't want to get caught by a cop carrying any knife with a blade that long a fairbairn sykes dagger which is a conventional double-edged dagger would be just as illegal it's just as big um, and it's just as something, just as much something you wouldn't want to get carrying, get caught carrying. I can talk. So yeah, that's, that's the first thing. The hand thing has always bothered me. I haven't heard of it recently, but I also don't travel in circles where people are telling me they've been searched by a cop either. So I do not know to what degree that piece of mythology still lives on among our law enforcement. Number two is what I just said, confusing New York City rules 
with um, the rest of the state. New York City had a big problem with interpreting any knife as a gravity knife if you could open it with one hand. They were misconstruing as gravity knives any knife you could even manage to snap open, you know, using the snap of your wrist to open the knife. Um, which meant that if a cop wanted to charge you with a misdemeanor for carrying an illegal knife, if you had any folding knife on you, it was pretty much possible for him to do so. You know, outside of a knife that was so stiff to open that you had to have two hands to pry it open. Um, and there, there's been such a problem with that that even left-wing journalism outfits, you know, newspapers have done articles about the, the problem of quote-unquote gravity knives in New York City. Because gravity knife was never a term meant to apply to any conventional folding knife. A gravity knife is a specific thing. It is a knife that is designed to open from gravity when you push a button or pull a lever and the blade just falls into place. You know, and yes, you might help it along with a snap of your wrist, but it's meant to open with gravity. It's a specific design. Um, so it's very frustrating to me. Very, very frustrating to me that, that that's... Uh, still a problem. I, I think maybe they've backed off on it a little, but again, I wouldn't want to be the test case. I don't know what the current state of gravity knife charging is in New York City, but it was a big problem in the city specifically. Many people who aren't from New York have no idea how New York City relates to the rest of the state. New York State is vast, and it is generally much more right-leaning than downstate where New York City is. New York City is the smallest part of New York right at the bottom of a massive state. But that tiny part right at the bottom has such a gigantic population density that it outvotes the rest of New York State whenever any kind of a ballot proposition comes up, which is why New York is so reliably left-wing all the time, because New York City is left-wing. You'd have to be a mentally deranged left-winger to want to live in that sort of a uh, saturated, high-density population ultra-controlled prison state. You just have to be. You know, people have asked me, what's so great about New York City? I can understand the charm of the city in terms of visiting. I can't imagine living there as a lifestyle. I just can't. So the, it's very important to make the distinction between regulations and rules and then prevailing practices among law enforcement that take place in New York City versus the rest of the state. And you can extrapolate this, because this is not just a New York podcast. You can extrapolate this problem. There's, just as with point number one, the hand thing, there's mythology that covers what you can and can't carry in every state in the nation. Every, there's a big difference between what the law enforcement people do and what the law actually says very often. Um, and that's because police aren't lawyers. They're not supposed to be. They're not required to be. You know, yes, they're supposed to have a working knowledge of the law, but... At the end of the day, it's for the lawyers to hammer out what is and isn't true in terms of whether you complied with the law or you didn't. And then with point number two, conflating one area with another, I'm sure there's lots of places in this country where rules about a, a specific municipality get generalized by some people as applying falsely to other areas. So, you know, always look at your local regulations and then look at your state regulations and then try to figure out what's actually being done out there. It's not always easy. Um, these days, you don't have to do what I did way back when. when. When I first started researching these subjects, I used to have to go to the library and access the New York Penal Code through reference books on the New York State law codes that were there. Um, you don't have to do that now. You can look it all up online. Uh, maybe we'll do that for a future podcast. Maybe we'll actually analyze the Penal Code and we'll talk about how you could choose to analyze your own local regulations.
Uh, so point number three then would be the sort of predominant attitude of the video that inspired this podcast, which is the this thing is only good for killing attitude. That hyperbole helps no one. You know, it's just like saying this gun has no purpose but to kill people. Well, in the case of a self-defense firearm, that may very well be true. But the fundamental problem there is self-defense is predicated on the idea that sometimes killing someone is required. And specifically, someone who is trying to kill you. The same is true of any self-defense knife, uh, a knife that does not have an obviously utilitarian purpose. Now, the M48 Cyclone, which is a clone of the Microtech Jag Commando, yes, that knife is not a utility knife. The reason it's not a utility knife is because it is almost completely useless. You could use it as a tent stake. It would make a very fine paperweight. So you could say that it does have some, some uh, uh, utilitarian purposes. In its cylindrical sheath, it bears a striking resemblance to a recreational device, let's say. If you're feeling very adventurous, as the saying goes, just about anything is such a recreational device if you're brave enough. But my ribald commentary aside, um, it's not a good knife. It is completely useless. Uh, you know, it's got this... The, a triangular blade being extra thick in cross-section already makes it harder to penetrate with. You're going to meet more resistance the thicker the cross-section of your knife is. That's why a dagger, which is diamond-shaped in cross-section, is quite thin. Because in order to achieve penetration, you want as little resistance as possible to the weapon going in. Um, you make it super thick like that, even whether it's twisted spirally or not. What you've got is something that's much, much harder to achieve any kind of meaningful penetration with. Now, would I want someone to stab me with one? No. I mean, you might have to work at it a little bit harder, but it's still going to hurt you very badly. But uh, it is, I mean, it's a lot like being stabbed with a piece of rebar, really. You know, this is, it's not something you'd want in you, but it's also not a particularly useful utility tool. But... Um, when we start saying this thing is only good, well, yes, it wouldn't be good for almost any utility chore. It is only good for self-defense. But acting like a knife is pointless if it's only for self-defense is saying there's no such thing as self-defense. Um, you know, I, I've heard before that the karambit is a quote-unquote assassin's weapon. Well, no, the karambit is arguably an agricultural design that was sort of farmed over to uh, personal carry and became a personal carry tool and is useful for very close-in self-defense but that presumes that you need to defend yourself self-defense is a legitimate purpose it's not a quote-unquote utility purpose but it's a legal purpose um the law doesn't care about the specific design um the the M48 Cyclone is illegal because a double-edged dagger of the same length would be illegal. Um, you know, you could argue that a Fairbairn Sykes knife is not a particularly utilitarian knife, and you'd be right. You know, a K-Bar is much more useful as a utility knife than a double-edged commando dagger is. And both knives can be used to stab the enemy or defend yourself. Uh, but when we apply a lot of hyperbole to something, we go, this thing is only for killing, and therefore, dot, 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 maybe it should be banned. What you're saying is that self-defense is not a legitimate purpose of carrying a blade. 
And that's certainly a disservice to people who are trying to defend themselves. Um, you know, do we define what we're allowed to carry only by what is useful from a utility standpoint? I don't think so. Um, the, the concept of a tactical folding knife is built around the idea that you're carrying a knife that would be useful for day-to-day -day utility, but also useful for self-defense, that you could press that into a self-defense role and it would function well. Um, and the overwhelming majority of people carrying a tactical folding knife will never defend themselves with it, and that's good. That's what you want. You don't want people to be defending themselves left and right because that means you live in anarchy. You know, the overwhelming majority of people listening to this will not have a self-defense scenario occur where they have to deploy a weapon in their lifetimes. And yet they might. The possibility is there. It's happened to me multiple times. Fortunately, never gone to the point that I actually had to put a knife in someone. But it has happened, and I don't live an adventurous life. I don't go to dangerous places and do dangerous things with dangerous people if I can help it. But danger can find you. Therefore, self-defense is valid and good. And we shouldn't be doing the disservice of acting like self-defense invalidates the purpose of a knife. If this is only good for self-defense, there's no reason to carry it and it should be banned. Because I'm very, very scared of people having self-defense knives. Because when we talk about a knife that's only valuable as an anti-personnel tool, that's what we're talking about. Unless you're a psychopath who wants to murder people for no good reason. Might be a little bit of projection there, I don't know. Uh, point number four, there are people who think the name of the knife matters. This goes all the way back to the writings of experts like Mossad Ayyub, who talked about how a zealous prosecutor might use the name of a gun against you. You know, it's one thing if you're carrying, like, like carrying the, 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 the King Cobra versus the Detective Special. Like, there's a, a qualitative difference there. There's some kind of subjective image difference that might serve you better or worse in court, depending. And yes, if the knife you're carrying is the Rambotron Death Splitter 3000, uh, you know, head chopper, that's one thing. Uh, you know, if it's called the, the, I don't know, the Axolotl, <laughs> I just invented a knife name on the spot. It doesn't mean anything, and therefore it doesn't carry kind of a, a negative warrior connotation. But you'd be kidding yourself if you thought that really mattered. Because what's really going to matter in a self-defense situation is how you conducted yourself. I've mentioned before the, the case of Jared Ha, who defended himself with a karambit uh, because he was getting basically beaten into the pavement by a, by a drunken frat guy. And the only way to get that dude off him was to cut him. Well, he did everything right. He exercised exactly the right amount of restraint. He used only the amount of force necessary and no more. And he still almost went to prison. He only barely got acquitted. Um, so your actions and the character and tenor of your actions are what's going to matter in any kind of a legal scenario. It's going to be much more important than the trappings of the name of your knife and was the knife scary? Did it have a black blade or a not black blade? Which is not to say that those details can't be used against you. One of the most terrifying things I ever personally had knowledge of from the legal standpoint is I interviewed a guy about his knife fighting program and system, and he gave a very good interview that was very kind of long on, you know, sort of tough guy posturing, which is what you would expect to go with sort of thing, that sort of thing. And then that article got cited in a custody case and used against him in an ugly custody case with his ex. 
uh, which was terrifying to me, but it is a very real possibility. Um, if I ever personally end up getting arrested for having had to defend myself, don't kid yourself. Obviously, my history of, of writing about these topics is going to come up and it will probably be used against me. And that's sort of the terrible, the terrible conceit of our legal system. If you're at all prepared for self-defense, that preparation itself will be used against you. You'd be better off either being completely untrained and unprepared and therefore being a victim, which is what our system would prefer. Or if you can totally gray man it and there's no record, no evidence of you ever having studied about this stuff ever, you'd, that's the scenario in which you'd be best off. Can you pull that off? Probably not. Most of us weren't smart enough to keep ourselves completely off the radar before we got interested in these topics and started posting about them online, you know, before any of this ever came about, this, this um, sort of awareness of the legal ramifications before that was ever part of it. So I, I'm fully aware that if I have to defend myself, there's a lot of baggage I bring to the case. So my actions had better be perfect. And even then I'm still probably in trouble. And then finally, uh, point number five, as we go through all this, this brings me back full circle to the reason I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. And that is when you're dealing with self-defense tools, do not mythologize do not give in to the impulse to to start, you know, clickbaiting with this knife is so very illegal and you, maybe we should ban this one of all night. Like, you're just making it worse. Um, for one thing, as I said, that stupid spiral knife is not a good knife. The spiral design and the thick cross section make it a worse penetrator than more conventional knives. It's not more illegal than the next illegal knife. So it's not the most illegal knife you could carry. It's simply another illegal knife if you get caught carrying it. But if you get caught carrying an M48 Cyclone, I question your judgment. <laughs> because while I could see the utility of carrying like a... I can never keep the name straight. Cold Steel makes a, it's the peacekeeper or the safekeeper or the safe maker or the peacemaker. Like there's all these permutations of the same couple of words. But at one point they offered, it was just a nice slim double-edged dagger. And they offer several double-edged daggers, some of which are chisel ground, which is not good in a double-edged dagger, but whatever. Um, those knives are, are much less scary looking than the Cyclone, but they're just as illegal. And if they're over his mythical four inch limit, they're just as illegal for length as well. So you're hurting everyone and just making the landscape of self-defense more confusing when you build up this dumb knife that is actually not very useful as the be all end all of scary death machines. It isn't. Now he's not alone in having made i've seen memes about this stupid spiral knife for years uh and there's been a lot of memes about it's some sort of anti-shark knife that injects a co2 charge you know to cause the shark to explode or something this is starting to sound like something out of uh uh what's the, what's the shark storm uh sharknado sharknado it's starting to sound like something out of sharknado um i uh I once made the mistake of trying to joke with Ian Ziering about Sharknado, thinking he would be in on the joke. He was not. I I think I, I tweeted something about, you leave Ian Ziering alone, he, he needs that Sharknado money. And apparently that was a little close to true, because 
Ian Ziering was very offended and uh, told me that it was none of his, none of my business, what money he needed or didn't need. And then he blocked me. And I was like, but I'm a, I'm a fan of the Sharknado series, man. That, that hurts a little. It really, it sort of does. So anyway, um, it's a dumb knife and you shouldn't hype it up as being more deadly or more powerful than it actually is. But also if part of that hype is, I don't know, man, maybe we should make it illegal. Then you're just joining forces with the very people who want to make everything illegal, who want to make every piece of everyday carry illegal. They want to make it illegal for you to carry something for self-defense. They want to make ordinary utility knives illegal, misinterpret them as gravity knives, whatever. And if you want to see the outcome of that, look to the UK where they're now talking about entering your home and confiscating your kitchen knives. That's how bad it's gotten there. And what put them on that road was attitudes like this. I don't know, that's super dangerous. Maybe we should make it illegal. Because, you know, before that they were talking about requiring kitchen knives to have rounded tips to make it harder for you to stab people with them. So, I have nothing against Mr. Crispy Things, although I think his very inelegant response in email sort of points to an attitude problem. You know, if, you, if, if criticism is that difficult for you, that you can't even discuss it and you obviously don't understand the point I'm making, you're probably not in a position to comment about the law or about what the law should be, but that's just me. I could be wrong. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, this has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. I have been the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.